Welcome to 20 Minute Tabletop, a podcast sharing the love of all things tabletop gaming in bite-sized pieces. I'm your host, John Wickey, here today with my co-host Stevie and a very special guest, Carlos from The Crafty Gamer and founder of QuestCon. This week, we have a special bonus episode for you live from The Crafty Gamer Studio. At the end of September, we'll be attending QuestCon Orlando. We're sitting down with the founder of the convention to give you an inside view into what the convention has to offer, how it got started, and a look into the future. So, happy to be here talking with you, Carlos. Can you just tell us a little bit about what QuestCon is? Well, happy to be here. QuestCon is essentially a kind of like a gaming event and ShopCon mixed into one, but solely focused and curated for tabletop gaming. You know, there's a lot of conventions in Florida. If you've ever been part of the convention scene, we wanted to have something that was specifically focused on like war gaming, board gaming, RPGs, a little bit of TCG. That's essentially, you know, what we're trying to build here. That's really cool. Yeah, we found that with going to other ones that there's not always that same representation in the tabletop community part. Yeah, I feel like a lot of conventions in Florida are very pop culture you know, in our region of the U.S., you know, we obviously have the, the Midwest as home of board games and RPGs, you know, with, with Wisconsin, Ohio. But with Florida, we're really trading card game focused and we're comic book centric and very pop culture which is why bigger events like the ones here in Central Florida and, and in South Florida, they all really focus on just a little bit of everything. But because of that, we kind of get, we fall by the wayside when it comes to board games and RPGs. So what can attendees expect to find at the convention? Well, we're going to have over 60 vendors. We're going to have a few nonprofit groups as well. Uh, we're going to have cosplayers. We're going to be doing a runway contest. Plenty of board games. I've actually partnered with some of the best stores, in my opinion, in Central Florida. Uh, the Haven Tabletop, Coliseum Comics, uh, Happy Troll Games, all local stores. So like, the goal was essentially to find your local community while you're here at the show. A lot of people are going to be coming here to kind of learn how to play board games. So we're going to have plenty of beginner D&D sessions, learn how to play um, sessions in the board game room, and even small little section of the Wargaming Hall in case you ever really wanted to delve deep into Wargaming as well. We definitely met a lot of awesome local vendors last year that we've actually seen at other Central Florida cons and we run into them and they're like, wait, don't we know you from QuestCon? So that's been really neat to make those connections and like let them know, hey, we're really enjoying whatever product it was, you know, we picked up from you. And I think that's one of the things that made this unique is we were able to make those connections last year and now we're starting to see them in other places and we're like, hey, we know that shop like that. Yeah, I feel that a lot of the vendors that come to us, for some of them, it's their first show ever. They haven't been able to get into other conventions because they're, you know, what they make is considered like an arts and crafts. So we don't actually call them artist alley. I just call them creator tables. You're creating content. You're creating jewelry. It doesn't matter what you're making, but you are creating something within the tabletop space. I proudly call them all creators, whatever they're doing. And I'm trying to make a space for them because there really isn't a lot of space out there for them. We welcome them into our retail store and we welcome them into the convention equally. And we're hoping that we can kind of continue that trend and not really expand the exhibitor hall to ever be more than, you know, 60, 70 vendors, local, local vendors. Uh, maybe a couple out-of-towners if they're like writers and publishers and things like that. But we're always going to try to focus on that local community aspect. I love that calling it the creator's table because that's something that I always find with the artist alleys is it's artist alley, but like 
that's also where you often do find the creators, but not always sometimes because it feels like it's out of place. But I, that's what I love to look and find those people who have those. So can you tell us a little more about Crucible and what it has to offer? Crucible is one of Florida's biggest wargaming tournaments. They're about to go into their 12th year. This is their 11th show, essentially. They have fostered the community of 40K, Age of Sigmar, and you know, Marvel Crisis Protocol. Everything that has to do with anything that's miniature-focused, that is what their, their focal point's going to be. We merged this year so that we can kind of expand that offering. Instead of me introducing wargaming and you know, kind of winging it and trying to make it happen on my own, uh, we decided, hey, how about we just join forces and let's not compete against each other, you know, one month after another, and let's just try to make the biggest show possible for the community. So they're handling all the wargaming stuff. So we got 10 years of experience here, and they usually average about anywhere between 500 to 600 attendees all weekend long for all three days. But if you're looking for small skirmish games, if you're looking for big Warhammer uh, tournament styles, if you're looking for maybe something a little bit more niche, it's going to be there at Crucible. And if it isn't there this year, put in a request. We'll look into the spacing, and we'll try to always fit something in. I don't always get time to play at conventions as much as I'd like, but you know, being local and having three days, it kind of gives more time, so I'm looking forward to getting a chance to play. I'm actually running a Blades in the Dark game, personally there, and it's already filled up, so I'm really excited to, to run that for some people, hopefully maybe even some new people. But what other TTRPGs or board game play can people expect at the convention that might be available outside of that tournament play? We have Game Masters hosting things like Candela Obscura. Even though it's coming out in October, they're going to be doing a lot of the early playtest materials. We're going to be having things like free league games, like we're going to have One Ring and a couple other games. We also have some writers coming in to playtest some of their unreleased RPGs. So they're actually going to be sitting in the open gaming area, so they're going to be kind of pick up and go uh, when they're there at the show. As far as board games, uh, the Haven Tabletop is, we've given them full control over the gaming space. So they're going to have they're going to have the demo library. If you've never been to their store, they're an amazing group of people. They have an excellent uh, selection of games. So they're going to try to do, obviously, the classics, like Catan and Karshasan, and try to get you into those kind of games. But they're also going to have some of the latest and greatest as well. That's kind of where you're going to want to be, right? That board game area is just going to be just introductory to everything. And they'll be there to help you learn the games in case you, know, you don't know how to play Flamecraft or something like that. Okay, note to self, go to open gaming area to test RPG games. What inspired you to start your own convention? So in 2019, I started The Crafty Gamer. I really wanted to do something within the tabletop space. You know, we're, we're, known, for, we're known for our immersive candles. That's kind of how we started. But then maybe a few months after that, it's like, hey, let's start finding conventions to go to. So obviously, we looked up the biggest ones in Florida. We went to a lot of locals. Noticed there wasn't really like a lot of tabletop scene. So I kind of brought it up near the summer of 2019 to a couple of friends. Like, what would happen if I just decided to make my own convention? And people looked at me like, no one's ever going to want to go to that. Like, nobody, nobody likes super niche shows. I was like, well, we keep it small and intimate and, you know, maybe 300 people. Like, I feel like people would absolutely want to go. So I planned it all out, created logos, filed LLCs, did everything in 2019. And then we all know what happened after that. Uh, so I had my t-shirt designed by the amazing Samantha Castillo. Like I had all the things ready. I was, I was super excited. Oh, wow. It's like, it's 2020. Like we're going to launch in 2020, not 2020. It's going to be beautiful. Um, so we had plenty of time to plan it out. We didn't host in 20, 2021, uh, cause hotels were still kind of like iffy about what was going to go on. But the main focal point was I just really wanted to have a place where table toppers in Florida can have a place to go. We're super fragmented as, as a state. You know, we have hobbyists, we have board game stores, we have plenty of board game stores and hobby stores. It's just, 
they're kind of just separated. Nobody really shares a local space. And I feel like as I ventured out into Ohio, we spent a lot of time in Columbus and Wisconsin and everywhere else. And I see these super awesome shows that sometimes they call each other sister shows like Gamehole Con and Gary Con. And, you know, their attendee rates are four or 5,000 people, but the community's there every single year. The city loves them and everything else. But we don't have that here in Florida. And I wanted to build that. So once I went to my first Gary Con, I was incredibly, incredibly motivated to say, hey, let's make like a trade show here. And QuestCon, even though it starts off small, my final goal is to essentially just get to that point and to build something for the community where every year it's like, if you're not at QuestCon, you're missing something because that's where the community starts. And then we kind of branch away. We spend the rest of the year at our friendly local game stores and then we party hardy one weekend out of the year. I really like that idea because we've talked about this on the podcast before. When we go around to do things with our local game stores, for us, there's only one game store out by us. We have to come into Orlando to come here, go to the Haven, go to the Collective, and all of those. And it definitely makes it hard for, we were discussing the other week, we wanted to find like a weekly D&D game to play in and it's really hard when everything is on the opposite side of the city from us in Orlando traffic being what it is and I like that next weekend we're basically going to go get to hang out with everybody who likes the same stuff we like and be nerds about it together and that's you know a great way to make connections and maybe hopefully find that pickup game of D&D that I want to play. Yeah, we actually had attendees that would send us messages after. I did like a big Google survey. I'm planning to do one after every show. I want people's feedback. I want like, you know, medallion reports and all that crazy stuff. But I want to know what people want out of this. And one of the biggest things was like, I met a group of friends that I'm still playing with, like even after a year. And I can't wait because we're going back to QuestCon to go play with them because that's because we play remotely now because they're so, they're so separated. But they get to use this as a gathering point. They met here, they get to play here, and now they get to use this as like a little like, hey, we're all just going to go and, and play together. That's kind of why we chose the locations that, we, that we've chosen. Last year, we were at the Holiday Inn. Now we're just right across the street at the Doubletree. It's kind of like a centralized point in Florida. It isn't downtown. It isn't convention center space, but it's still like in a nice enough area where most people are going to be about 25 minutes away. So we're hoping to keep everything within that region so that every year we're kind of just like that mecca where everybody can just kind of drive in and not have to drive an hour. Everyone's driving no, no more than 35 minutes, hopefully. One of my favorite part is the vendors. And we touched on a couple of stores you're having there and some of the creator area that you're having there. But what does the vendor turnout look like this year? Like how big of a space are we talking? What type of things can we expect from that area? So first and foremost, it's a curated event, right? So we, we meticulously choose every single vendor. We want to make sure that you have enough dice vendors, but not too many dice vendors. We're looking at 60 vendors this year. Our first QuestCon, we were 48. I had told all the vendors, I'm trying not to get to like 80 or 90. I'm, I want to kind of just increase it slowly. So we have 64 total, but four of them are sitting in the nonprofit section. They're advertising. There's a solid 60 in our vendor hall. And it's a little bit of everything. We have writers, we have game designers, we have local stores, online stores, TCG companies, all sorts of stuff uh, happening in the vendor hall. 60 vendors, you know what that means. Someone's going shopping. So last year we talked about how QuestCon was a one-day event. And this year, it's a three-day weekend. So we touched a little on the future. What else do you hope to see in the future of this convention? So that's something that we were very adamant about when we launched this year. QuestCon is obviously the convention side of things, Crucible being very hyper-focused on the tournament side. We're planning already for 2024 to still be within the same property if they would allow us to be in the same property. 
we want to do TCG events. We're talking Lorcana, Magic the Gathering. Our focal point was to try to do them, try to do every aspect of ta tabletop slowly over time. Uh, there's one aspect of Archon that we don't that we don't advertise too often because it's very it's a very niche group, but they're called GrogCon. Uh, they host original D&D &D and advanced D&D, &D, so we've already got that already established. Um, they're moving over from the Crucible side, and if we can introduce more of a trading card component to it, we actually strategically left out the entire left side of the convention of the convention hall uh, in favor that if we are able to make the numbers happen this year, would love to just rent out that entire space and then move straight into trading card tournaments. We're not really sure how we're going to structure it, but we're actually going to be working with a, another local game store. Don't want to say who they are in case it doesn't go through, but we're working with them to see if we can actually uh, if we can make that happen. They're super excited about it, so we're gonna we're gonna try to make our board of directors pretty much every business owner that is here in Central Florida, if we can. We we did an episode on Lorcan, and actually one of the two starter packs we got was from here. You know the starter decks, and we've loved playing it. But man, it's been so hard to get you know just to get your booster packs. You could just give those away as you know rewards at your con. If I can get some Robinsberger like support, and you know because we're we're trying to get um, more support from from Games Workshop and other companies, we would love to be able to do like you know actual like sanctioned play at a tournament through Larkana. Obviously, it's it's a really popular game right now. It's kind of being hoarded. People are kind of holding on to it. Uh, so the community's slowly growing, but I think by next year it's going to really explode, especially with the with the second version coming out soon. Yeah, with the extra releases, and I think they saw they're going to do some reprints on the first one. But next year it'll be a little easier to have that play go on. But you still have all your other ones. You have your Pokemon, you have Magic the Gathering, you have all your other ones that, that are play. We have some of those, but we don't play those as much as, as Lorcan has been the, the hot one in the house lately. Yeah, and that's how we kind of curated it, right? Like we don't, we can't host TCG, but we're gonna give people space in the, at the con. So if you do, if you do want to play a quick match with somebody, we'll allocate some tables. We have an open gaming section just for that reason, and then we wanted to invite those TCG vendors in order for you to be able to have a place at least, like stock up on some cards, maybe buy some graded cards as well, whatever you know tickles your fancy. So how do people attend? Where can they get their tickets, and what's it gonna cost them this year? So we do have single day passes. If you go to questconorlando.com. Our website has all the information pertaining to our, current, uh, to our current year. If you click on tickets, it's going to take you to where you can purchase your badge. It's $60 for the entire weekend. And then you have, you know, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday passes if you, only, if you can only go one day. And that was a big focal point for us as well. A lot of gaming events across the country are four to five days, and they don't offer single-day events. We're trying to be more accessible by allowing you to just come in on a single Friday or a single Saturday. So we do have those options. If you wanted to join into the Crucible Standard Tournaments, those are going to be like $75 which is a $15 add-on. But then if you want to do the elite tournaments like Age of Sigmar, 40K, it's 125 Those are some great prices. That's part of what we love about it is it's, it is accessible and it's a great value for your money. Like last year, it was kind of like brand new convention, you know, but it was great prices. We're like it's definitely worth trying and see how it is. And we just fell in love with it. We have our own legendary passes for the event. So we intend to be at a lot of these in the future. Yeah, and those legendary passes are limited every year. So we're not going to be selling a lot of those. One of the things that, Craig and Tim are the owners of Crucible. They've been the owners of Crucible since the very beginning. One thing that we did before we ever made any handshake deals, any conversations, we had several meetings beforehand to see where we were the right fit. And our goals are always going to be the same. Foster the community, right? It's always going to be people first. And then after that, profits for the next year. We're always going to try to make it affordable and accessible, not only for the attendees, but we want to also make sure it's accessible for the vendors. A lot of these companies, you know, they're coming out post-COVID. They're starting up their brand new industry. You know, they don't have the money to be spending $2,500 for a single 10 by 10, you know, and we know how to structure the event enough to make it amazing for everybody. 
and we just want to foster the love of tabletop gaming no matter what part of the scene you're in we want you to be a part of questcon okay so talking about a love of tabletop gaming can you give us your favorite board game recommendation right now that listeners should check out or one that you think that we should do an episode on oh gosh um i played some really good games this year i think my my favorite game so far this year has been flamecraft i don't know if you've tried out flamecraft but if you like dragons and you like moving those dragons around and trading resources they're super cute they all have names and the game is super affordable that's like the one thing that we tell people it's it's got amazing replayability and it's only like a 40 dollars game so it's my biggest recommendation i buy them by the case because i just can't stop recommending this game enough but the idea is that you're a flame keeper and you're you can talk to these dragons and they have jobs so they go to like bakeries and they make their blacksmiths and you talk to them to produce those resources and become the best flame keeper it's such a cute game it isn't cooperative it is competitive but it has so much replayability so many layers to it and it combos so it's it's very satisfying to play that's by far my top game of the year okay that sounds really adorable and i think i need to add that to my christmas list so i think it's time for our final thoughts i cannot wait the kids and i have been counting down for like the last month getting ready for this we all had so much fun last year and the kids are super hyped to dress up like their D D characters and check out the open gaming room and all of the stuff we did last year. And the fact that we have three days to do it so like they don't feel as much pressure, like they can take their time, is a huge talking point in our house is, okay, if I don't get to do this Friday, we can do it Saturday, we can do it Sunday. Like we can take our time checking out all the board games they wanna check out and things like that. I'm even more excited for this year than I already was and that was already a very high level excitement. Any last things you have for our listeners? Thanks for listening. Honestly, if I see you at the show, if I'm not running around <laughs> like like a like a crazy person, stop and say hello. I love to chat with every single person, so I just want to make it the best show possible. So hope to see you there. I'm your host, John Wiki, and you can find me on Twitter as John underscore Wiki. That's W-I-C-K-E-E. And now on threads as John underscore Wiki underscore games. And I'm Stevie, and you can find me on social media as Stevie's underscore games. Yeah, my name is Carlos. You can find us at QuestCon Orlando on all socials, including TikTok. And if you ever want to chat locally after the show, you can find us at Crafty Gamer Shop on socials or even come to the store over in Winter Park. Twenty Minute Tabletop is a Morecore Studios production. Theme song by Arthur Rowan. Morecore art by Cita Duncan. Do you want more tabletop gaming fun? Subscribe to 20 Minute Tabletop on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Like what you hear? Leave us a review while you're there or tell a friend. Find out more on our website, 20minutetabletop.com. That's the numbers 20minitabletop.com. Or connect with us on Twitter, threads, and Instagram as at 20minitabletop. At 20minitabletop. Thank you and roll with fortune. I'll say I'm even more excited this year than I was. I'm already excited. I'm already so well too.